welcome to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Get ready to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover your destiny. Doug is a prophetic speaker, author, and coach whose message of love, hope, and having fun reaches people around the world. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com. Hey, friends, welcome to another session on Spirit Connection Podcast. You know, there's breakout power coming. Get ready to break out of the season that you've been in because a completely new time is being released from the Lord. The Lord is gathering those right now. He's gathering together those people who've gone through difficult times, and he's going to schedule something special. It's like a visitation of his presence is coming to you. You don't have to see an angel. You don't have to feel anything, but just know that God's about to do something new. And I want to release this because there's a new sound from heaven being released right now. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for all the things that you're doing. We thank you that your voice is a sound, just like there was a sound that came on the day of Pentecost, the sound of wind that brought a new noise. It brought a new sound that shifted the atmosphere over people. So we release that right now. We're excited for what you're about to do in this session together with you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yep, God's doing something new. Micah 2, 12 and 13. I will surely assemble all of you, O Jacob. I will surely gather the remnant of Israel. I will put them together like sheep of the fold, like a flock in the midst of their pasture, they shall make a new noise because of so many people. The one who breaks open will come up before them. They will break out, pass through the gate, and go out by it. Their king will pass before them, the Lord at their head. Wow, I tell you, this is exactly what I was seeing happening in heaven right now, that the Lord is doing something. He's gathering people together who are like-minded or like-calling. There's there's people who have been discouraged. You've been on the backside of the desert. You've been in the wilderness, into the dark night of the soul or the spirit, whatever you want to call it. The Lord is now gathering people together, and they are going to make a new noise. And this is a sound that's going to release. And I've already heard it. I've heard in the heavenly realm, I've heard people crying out so much right now. They're crying out, crying out, Lord, come, Lord, come, Lord, come. He's now answering those prayers. And this is so important, especially since we've been seeing negativity. We've been hearing the negative clamor, the negative cry out there on the Internet, the negative cry of people. The Lord is now moving to do something. There's going to be a new sound come, the new noise, as it was referred to in Micah. And uh, he's going to gather together. And listen, I want you to read this. I just read it to you. Micah 2, 12 and 13. In the New King James Version, he's going to break open the gates. He's going to pull restraints off you. There's going to be breakout power and anointing come, and the Lord is going to start opening doors one after another. Many people have been under house arrest. I've been talking about this for a while, but there's going to be a sudden, there's going to be a sudden jailbreak out of house arrest. There's people who've been pulled back for this season like a slingshot. You've been pulled back, but the Lord's about to propel you forward into something new. And I heard this too, Revelation 14, 2 and 3. And I heard the sound from heaven, 
like a roar of rushing waters and like the loud peal of thunder. The sound I heard was like the harpist playing their harps, and they sang a new song before the throne and before the four living creatures and the elders. No one could learn the song except the 144,000 who had been redeemed from the earth. Wow, listen, people try to put applications and prophetic words to this, but the Lord is saying this. You don't have to be part of a a quote-unquote 144,000 to get this. There's a new sound coming right now, the new sound in music. It's going to be a new sound coming in all, all areas, really. In revelation, in teaching, new sounds going to come. It's it's new strategies from heaven. And even in heaven, when this gets released, it's a new song that no one could learn except those who've been ready and put aside for it. And I believe that's you. You're listening to this podcast. You felt like there was something more. You know that God's moving. You have felt like God is about to do something and you're not sure what it is. Or maybe the Lord's spoken to you previously, but things never came about. That's not because he was trying to punish you or or anything like that, or you did something wrong. Nope. He saved you for this time. He's saving the best for last. And I saw the breath of the Lord being released. This is an anointed wind from heaven. It's very similar to Ezekiel 37, where the dry bones experience people were, were in the wilderness. And then suddenly the prophet Ezekiel blew upon them. He blew the breath of of the Lord. And as he did that, he began to prophesy. They suddenly came together and they had been in the wilderness. They were awakened and they felt that they had missed something. But suddenly their dark night of the soul or their Job season came to an end. This is happening, my friends, right now. And the Lord said, prophesy to the breath. This is Ezekiel 37, 9. Prophesy, son of man, and say to it. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, breath of the four winds, breathe into these slain that they may live. I want to prophesy over you right now. Come, breath of Lord, breathe upon those who have felt like they were slain, who's been in the wilderness, who have been wounded on the battlefield of the kingdom, who have felt disregarded. I pray right now this new sound, this new wind from heaven will come even on those who who don't have dry bones who've been expecting something new i pray right now in jesus name that would open up hey man listen there's something happening and god is releasing new sounds i really believe that there's new songs that are going to come and shift the spiritual atmosphere over you so if you're a musician if you're an artist this is for you but also the new sounds aren't limited to music this is also for not just the arts, this could be for scientists, this could be for the inventors, this could be for the stay-at-home moms and dads. I tell you, God's going to do something and shift it over your life, and you're going to see a huge change that's going to come. And I want to really encourage you to find some worship music that really changes the spiritual atmosphere. And I have a special guest that's going to come on in just a few minutes But she has been one of those who has special songs that I use, and it shifts the spiritual atmosphere over me. And I've been so excited to have Kim Walker-Smith from Jesus Culture come, and we're going to have her come in a minute. But I tell you, she's been one of those for me going through my time. I've used many of the songs from Jesus Culture and, and other people as well. But I tell you, the Lord told me 
There's something that she has to release that's going to be very, very powerful. Get ready to enter in. Get ready for the new wind from heaven. Get ready to receive from the Lord. Can't wait. Let's go. Do you wish you could be coached and mentored by Doug? Well, in case you couldn't tell, Doug loves activating people just like you to hear God, encounter the supernatural, and discover their life's purpose. So he's created several online training resources and written more than 10 books to help you get the strategic breakthrough you need, all from the comfort of your own home. Plus, for listening today, you can get 20% off your first purchase in the store. Shop online at DougAddison.store and enter coupon code Doug20 at the checkout. That's D-O-U-G and the number 20. Well, welcome back, everybody. I have a special guest, Kim Walker-Smith. Mm-hmm. I tell you, she's been such an encourager to me and many people out there. She's a voice of freedom and inspiration. She's one of the founding members of Jesus Culture, a worship band that has actually radically changed the sounds of worship and around the world for years that started out as a youth group worship team. And now, mm-hmm. my goodness, years later, they're they're radically shifting music and heaven over people everywhere. And I was so excited when Kim agreed to come on. And her first solo record, I want to mention this, was called Here Is My Song, released in 2008. Mm-hmm. And just want you to know that Spontaneous Song 5 on that album is on my repeat playlist. And it <laughs> opens the heavens over me all the time. And so I'm really excited. Welcome to the show, Kim. Thank you. Wow. So tell us a bit about yourself and your ministry. Well, just as you said, I've been with Jesus Culture since it started. So we're about 18 years. I've been working with Banning Liebscher and Chris Kilala, the other worship leader. And Jesus Culture, you know, we started as a, a youth group team and grew and are now, you know, it's a it's a ministry as well as the band, but it's also a church now. We planted a church up in Sacramento, California, and I'm really active in the church, helping to build and grow that. And we just celebrated three years last September, and so we're about three and a half years in now. And I'm a mom. I have two boys and a little girl who is seven months old. That's amazing. <laughs> so, yeah, I stay really busy with with all of them. Yeah, and um, we're just we're, we have a big year in front of us. Lots of tours, and my kids they all come along on those. The first one we're doing is with Chris Tomlin, which is a lot of fun and um, totally different crowd than what I'm I'm used to. But that's the really fun part for me because I kind of get to be the one to introduce Holy Spirit to a lot of them, and that's really, really, really exciting for me and makes me very passionate. So my whole family, we're all looking forward to that. Yeah. Now, wow. 18 years. And of course, you've been out on the road now and you've got your kids and mm. how do you yeah. do all that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it's just one day at a time and, and one season at a time. And my husband and I decided that we just really wanted to first and foremost be really good parents. And, you know, the the mothers and fathers in our lives who had gone before us in a lot of these things, that was the one thing that they all said was do family really well and do, do family first. And so we just kind of decided, well, we don't really know 
what our kids can handle. Can they handle life on the road all the time or is it only in certain seasons? And so we just kind of go a little bit at a time and the moment that it seems like it's not working, we just stop and pull back and take a break. And And we had that happen about two years ago. We felt like God said to stop and to stay home and to just be at home. And we could feel it with the kids, the boys. They were just done, done traveling. And we didn't have a home at the time. And so I said, well, Lord, if you want us to stay home, you're going to have to give us a a house, like a home to actually be in. (laughs) And we ended up with a farm, which is really funny. And um, so now we live on a farm. We spent an entire year at home and the kids, they just flourish and it's so good. And then we felt like God said it was time to go back out and the, the kids were ready. And then baby three showed up. So we just take it just a little bit at a time. And when we're not out on the road, we're just on our farm with all of our animals playing wow. outside. <laughs> That's amazing. So you have animals. What kind of animals we, do you have? We have goats and chickens and one sheep named Donut. My son <laughs> named him. <laughs> That's cute. Wow. So I love this. So so you've had to learn to bring balance. And yes. what I just heard you say is it sounds like that you listen to the Holy Spirit and yes. it's seasonal, bringing a seasonal yes. balance. That's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. We just, we have to, press in to Holy Spirit a lot and ask, you know, before we do anything, before we make any plans. And we kind of just decided that um, we couldn't schedule out too far in advance with what we do. A lot of times that will be required is to schedule so far in advance. But when you have really young children, that's really difficult. You just, you don't know what things are going to be like for them or kind of what season they're going to be in. So we just kind of said, well, we can schedule this far in advance, but not this far. And we just do it just a, a little bit at a time and just keep checking in, checking in with the kids and checking in with each other and checking in with Holy Spirit. Yeah, that's good. This is good for people to hear. And, you know, I've I've heard bits about your story. And, uh, you know, of course, there was a, a guidepost article about you and that you were uh, formerly uh, in uh, something totally different. And, mm-hmm. you know, you were actually doing financial work. Yeah, yeah. I worked as a banker for quite a while. I loved that. I loved the consistency. And I have a I have a knack for numbers, actually. It's kind of funny and random. But the Lord was calling me out into ministry. And it was funny because it felt like this huge risk, this huge leap of faith to step out and trust the Lord. Because I thought, how is music going to pay my bills there how is that even possible that's what was going through my head and um it felt like just the the biggest act of faith ever to to stop my job actually and to go full-time into ministry and the lord just like he does of course he met me there and he's been very gracious the whole way and always taking care of me and my family and and I still, I, I haven't really let it go completely. I, I run all of the, the finances uh, here at home. And my I was the accountant for my husband's shop for a long time. And so I still kind of keep my hands in it just a little bit because it's kind of fun. Yeah, you know, it's pretty wild because all those numbers are left brain and then writing songs and, mm-hmm. and performing is right brain. And I don't know if you realize that. But uh, yeah. <laughs> very few people are like that. I have a banking background, too, and I had to leave my job and, you know, that type of thing as well. Wow. So, well, you know, you're an encouragement to people, and especially the fact of, you know, here you are, you 
you know, you took that leap of faith to get into ministry, mm-hmm. you trusted the Lord, and then you also took another leap of faith with your family. And mm-hmm. you're an encouragement. I tell you, is there any encouragement you can give to people out there, you know, who might be thinking about doing some of these things or balancing the family loads? Yeah. You know, the first thing that I would say is that one of the questions that we ask a lot and we think about a lot, and especially uh, younger people, they're asking this all the time and thinking about it, is that that question of what am I, what am I called to and what am I created for? And am I, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And I just had a young guy, a guy that my husband is mentoring. He was out here at our house the other day and he said, I just want to ask you guys a question. How, how do I know what I'm called to? And then how do I like, pay my bills and still, you know, have a job or, you know, how do those things go together? And what if you are called into a ministry and it doesn't pay your bills? And, and I said to him, well, why does ministry have to be about what you do? I think it's really more about who you are. And he said, well, what do you mean? And I I said, the, the thing for me was that I decided at one point I was so in love with Jesus that I didn't care what it was that I did anymore. I didn't care what kind of job or whether it was, you know, ministry oriented as as we think of it within like a church or something, or whether it was working at the bank or a grocery store or wherever, like whatever it was, I just felt like as long as I have this connection and this relationship and this deep intimacy with Jesus, I would be fulfilled no matter what I was doing. And his presence would be leaking out of me everywhere I am, no matter what I'm doing. It just seems like that would make sense that 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 is really ministry. And I love, one of my favorite verses is in Proverbs, and it says that man makes his plans, but the Lord aligns his steps. And it kind of takes the pressure off. Like, well, you can make your plans and you can design your life the way that you want it to go, but the truth is, if you focus your eyes on Jesus and you, if you lift your eyes, if He's the one who's the center point of what you're moving towards and you're walking towards, He's going to guide your steps and lead you to where you're supposed to be in the right time, in the right season. And that's the other beautiful thing about it is that His timing is perfect. And I think it's important that we don't arrive into something too soon. You know, I don't think we're late. (laughs) I think that we could be too soon, though. And I think it's important to just keep our focus on Him and on intimacy with Him and moving towards Him. And He just leads us along the way. Yeah, that's very good. Man, I tell you, that that is some advice that a lot of people need to hear is that you don't really go into ministry. Once you realize that you are ministry, you know, yeah. you carry the presence everywhere you go. And I had to deal with that. Once I, once I went into ministry, I was now after that wanting to be out of ministry, you know, yeah. you know wanted to be back in the life. But now you come to a place where it's, it's almost like convergence, I guess, where you yeah. are ministry and you bring the presence everywhere you go. Yeah. 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 It's really important, you know, for me to have that established in me as a mom. You know, I, I see that now I got married when I was 27 and my husband and I decided to wait four years. We said in four years, we'll talk about if we want to have kids or not. And we weren't really sure if we wanted to have kids or not, because we selfishly really loved our lives the way it was, you know, and couldn't quite imagine, well, how do we fit kids into this? And it really confronted my heart on a few things. And it was um, just this idea that said, like, I couldn't be fulfilled as a mother and that suddenly everything else had to stop or um, that if, if my heart was pulled towards the other things in my life, that suddenly I was a bad mom. And, um, 
it was really, really important for me to establish and remember, no, this is this is who I am. I, like you said, I am ministry. I am carrying the presence of God with me. And when I hold on to that, I don't lose my value if I go, I need to stay home now with my kids. Otherwise, my value can get put into what I'm doing. So I start thinking, well, if I don't go and do this, or if I don't go and make this record, or if I don't go to that conference or whatever it is, suddenly I'm not as valuable anymore. But when I hold on to that the ministry is just who I am and it's what's exuding out of me and it's who God says I am and, and holding on to that, then it, it puts me in this place where I just feel secure and valuable no matter where I'm at in, in whatever season, whether I'm home, whether I'm on the road, when I'm with my kids, when I'm on a stage, in all of those different aspects. It's like, you know, establishing that that inside kind of um, thermometer <laughs> that says, you know, what's okay and what's not. Yeah, wow, that's learning boundaries. And it comes with experience, I'm sure, with all kinds of people pulling on you everywhere you go. Yeah. Because all yeah. of a sudden, like you had this, you God answered this prayer you know, to go into ministry and, and Jesus culture mm-hmm. explodes. And, and so what was that like when all of a sudden, did, did it happen suddenly or what did you guys kind of grow into it? It was pretty suddenly. Um, a kid actually put one of our videos up on YouTube. I did not even know what YouTube was. <laughs> so I, I'm like, I, I'm not quite a millennial. I didn't grow up with all the tech out there. So I didn't even know what YouTube was. And um, I remember my little brother was the one who called me and said, Kim, you're on YouTube. And I said, what is that? And he had to direct me on the computer how to get to it. And it was really bizarre you know, nowadays it's so common to have your face all over social media, YouTube videos, things like that. But back then I felt really weird that I was, there was a video of me up on this website and thousands and thousands of people were looking at this. It just felt super bizarre and everything just exploded after that. And I don't even know how many millions of views it has now, but yeah, we got to a point where I'll be super honest. We said, our internal world is not as big as our external world. And it just felt like there was so much exponential growth on the outside with the movement and the records and everything that was happening. But our internal world could not keep up our connections and relationships with each other, but also just our own, like being sustained and filled up and connected to the Lord. And so we had to really wrestle through that. And at one point we've stopped and we kind of pressed pause on everything and said, we cannot move forward at all until we get our internal world up to where it can sustain everything on the outside. And once we did that, then Everything changed after that. It was and it was amazing. But up to that point, it started getting a little bit. It's just hard and and crazy because we couldn't keep up with everything happening on the outside. But we learned a, a really valuable lesson in that. Yeah. Now, did the church that you guys start have anything to do with that? It did. You know, when we came to Sacramento, we felt like the Lord told us to just push pause on the movement and to build the church. And that was really hard. We we really pulled back and we still were recording records and 
had some momentum in it, but we just weren't investing as much of our time and energy and effort and everything into it as we had done before. And we just put all of our effort into building the church. And we felt like the Lord said, three years, three years of building the church, and then I'm going to breathe on the movement again. And that is exactly what's happened. And it's really interesting we're even talking about this, because just this morning, I was talking with Banning Liebscher, who's our pastor and the director of Jesus Culture, been working with him for 18 years. We were talking about our conference that we have coming up here, and it's just our home conference. And he said, you know, when we first did this conference, this specific one in Sacramento five years ago, it was sold out. But then the next year, it went down in numbers. And then the next year, we we're down a thousand. The year after that, a thousand more. The conference kept getting smaller and smaller. And we kind of felt like, well, it, it wasn't a surprise to us because we we didn't feel like that's where all of our effort was supposed to be focused. And then the moment we hit our three-year mark and we felt like God was saying, I'm breathing on the movement again, all of a sudden it sold out again. It's the craziest thing. Wow. And the conference, everything all shot through, through the roof. It was like, this is exactly how God said it would be. And there's all this new life that we feel coming to the movement and to the music side of what we're doing. So we're we're really excited about what's coming up this year and what God is doing. Because yeah. um, so far, He's saying true to exactly what He told us. It's yeah. pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, the, the breath of God. In fact, I was talking about that on the beginning of the podcast, is that to expect that Ezekiel 37 breath of God to start breathing on things that you've laid down. And it, it's so wild to hear this. So I, I want to ask, because there's a difference, right, between you're a worship leader and then, of course, performing. Is there a difference yeah. with that? Yeah, definitely. You know, I I wrestled through this for a long time when I first started off worshiping because it 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 felt like, you know, as I go into to lead worship, it's it feels sacred. It feels um, very holy. And I, I felt like I can't bring... Uh, a performance into this. I, but also I can't fake it. I, I am a very, uh, <laughs> very straightforward person. I can be very blunt. And sometimes just, I say what's in my head and on my mind. And I, I realize like, I can't be fake. I can't make something happen. I can't pretend. And I had to learn to just kind of separate and just say, you know, God, God does this or he doesn't. And it's, it's not about me and I'm not trying to put on a show or anything else. And then once I felt like I got that really established and I felt like the Lord started to teach me something else, you know, it's like the pendulum swing when we're learning. And, um, that was that there is an element of, for lack of better words, performance that comes into what you're doing. And what I mean by that is this, it's really important that when you're on stage, especially as a worship leader and leading people, that you have a stage presence, that you actually, hopefully, you enjoy what you're doing. And that's coming out of you with you're smiling and you're happy and you're engaged in worship, not just standing there with a forlorn look on your face and not really into the music or whatever, you know? And I think that this is what people 
love. They love authenticity. They love worship that is just real and vulnerable and just like pour your guts out to Jesus. And they love when it's someone who's engaged in, in what is happening and, and happy about it. Like we, we want to follow those people. We want to follow the people that they actually look genuine and like they really love to worship. And I went to a, a women's conference one time where the first session, they were like, can you please not sing in tongues? And can you please do like hymns? And I said, I'm sorry. I don't actually even know hymns. That's like before I was saved. I could do like the <laughs> oldest songs I know. And um, and they were just saying the women were a lot more conservative. And the one woman who brought me was spirit-filled, but she, she was just nervous about how this would come across to these other women that were there. And so I just very gently and um, with a lot of humility and love um, as I was leading worship was kind of teaching these women, hey, this is what worship could be, that you could lift your hands and you could sing out and you could actually be happy and in love with Jesus. And as we went through the, the weekend, by the last day, these women were running to the front and kicking off their shoes, jumping up and down, worshiping with so much passion. And one by one, they came up to me afterwards and they said, we just needed someone to give us permission. And they all said the same thing. We just needed someone to show us that this is okay, that passion and joy is definitely okay in worship. And so all that to say, I think that you shouldn't be putting on a performance because it's not a performance. It's intimacy with Jesus. But there is an element of stage presence that I feel is really important in connecting with people. Yeah, yeah, that's very apparent with Jesus culture. And one thing I you notice about you guys is that you don't have—I don't know if you have any studio recordings. Do you record live? We we do. We record live for every single album. And the only studio album I've done was my most recent solo record. That I did that in the studio. But all the rest, all my solo records, all the G's culture records are all live. Yeah. Now that's because um, there's an interaction connection with the crowd. The anointing's different. Mm-hmm. And I would assume those things, right? Yes. Well... The main reason is because our biggest desire is to capture a moment, not just capture the songs, but actually capture a moment with the Lord um, that helps for, you know, hopefully years to come for people to um, encounter Him at home and in their cars. And we're trying to to capture what God is doing in the moment, not just just the songs or just the conference. Yeah, exactly. And now with YouTube going viral, you know, you, you never know what's going to show up with your songs, but it's so powerful. I lo- I just so appreciate what you guys do. So you're not just worship leaders, but you're also songwriters. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, we, um, we love writing songs and we do a lot of co-writing. I feel like that is actually one of the best ways to write a song is co-writing and getting with um, with others who will be honest with you and, and give you really great feedback and bounce ideas off of you. And, you know, we do it all different ways. For me, I've written songs that it was like random, you know, in a moment of prayer or a dream, like a melody or a line came to me. And then I got up and said, okay, let's do this. I got this one line or this melody and wrote a song with it. Other times it's just spending time with Jesus and just kind of sorting out what do I feel like the Lord is saying to the church? Cause I, 
we don't really want to write songs just to write songs, you know, we like, we want to write songs that actually are carrying the message of what we feel like God is speaking to the church right now. And we want our songs to be timely and in season. And so we're, we're really leaning into Holy Spirit and pressing into what we feel like God is saying. Yeah. And then we just bounce the ideas off each other. We pray together and we spend a lot of time doing it. Sometimes a song could take a couple weeks to come together and other times it could be a couple hours, you know, it's different every time. Yeah. So your latest solo is On My Side. Uh, Yeah. Where did those songs come from? So my stepdad, who he was dad in my life, he passed away almost three years ago now. And it was a really hard season for me when he passed away. I, I had just had my second baby and right before I had my second boy, Chris, who's the other worship leader for Jesus Culture, he and his wife lost their little boy. And we were all devastated by that. And we all grieved that loss. And only a few months later, my dad passed away from a sickness he'd been battling for about 11 years. And um, I got postpartum depression really bad after my second son in this time period. And our lives were just kind of turned upside down. We had moved. We had sold our, our house. We didn't really have a place, um, and it was very difficult for us. And we were trying to plant the church, which is another challenge in of itself. A lot of fun, but a challenge. And um, I was just in the thick of it and just probably one of the hardest seasons of my life. And I learned so much about Jesus and His incredible kindness in that time. And sorry, this makes me... yeah. I get really moved still every time I even talk about it, but just the kindness of Jesus that he, he didn't shy away from the mess around me and he wasn't offended at it. He wasn't mad. And, and even in my anger, like people don't talk about it in church very much, but I had anger at Jesus. Like, why wasn't my dad healed? Why did this baby die, like just the the wrestling and the frustration. And I think because a lot of people don't always know the answers. And I just think we don't need to have the answers. We just need Jesus. And he just meets us in that place. And he showed me over and over that he is not afraid of my wrestling and he's not afraid of my questions. And he he's not mad at, at me for that. He's not disappointed. There's no there's no punishment in that. That the only thing that I found in Jesus was kindness and love and being willing to come and just sit in the mess with me. And what I, I heard from him was, Hey, we're gonna get through this. We're going to get out of this, but we're going to do it together. We're going to do it hand in hand and there's no rush. And right now I just want you to just be with me and I'm just going to be right here with you in this moment. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. That was the thing that I kept hearing over and over. You're not alone. And, um, this album on my side came out of that. All of the songs on, on that record are all just that message of, 
of what he told me through that whole season, what he taught me, just his kindness, his compassion, his meeting me right where I am. There's one song in there called Brave Surrender. And that was a a big song for me establishing that in this, that I had to surrender at one point to him. And, you know, I'm one of those people that I think sometimes I'm a little too strong for my own good. Like I think, oh no, I got this. I I can do this. I can figure it out. I can climb that mountain. I, I will find a solution. I can do this. And I feel like there's a different kind of surrender when you're feeling strong. You know, it's, it's easy to surrender when you're like at the end of your rope, you know, and you're yeah. just broken down and you're just laying on the ground, waving your white flag. That's, that is easy surrender. Cause you're so broken down, but it's harder to surrender when you feel something in you going, no, I got this. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it on my own. And to kind of come against that <laughs> independence and to fully lay down and surrender and, and jump into the arms of Jesus and to trust him and to let him work with you on those things. Um, that was an even bigger thing for me. So that whole record is just full of the story of that season of my life, you know? Yeah, there's a total anointing on it. I didn't even know that story, but I heard the Lord say, ask that because there was an anointing just released for people who were going mm-hmm. through this time of grieving, and, and um, that was powerful. My goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were talking ahead of time, praying and talking before we hit the record button, and talking about heaven, because this year, the Lord spoke to me that people are going to encounter heaven like like never before this year, and it might be a different times. And, and I know, Kim, you mm-hmm. open the, the way, whatever it is, the Holy Spirit uses you to open the heavens. And I have to say this, not saying that you're the favorite or anything, but there's something about the presence and your gift and your anointing and the way the Lord uses you. It opens the heavens like I, nothing I've ever seen. Now, have you been aware of that? Um, to, yeah. I, well, I mean, to some degree, Yes. <laughs> to some degree, I, I feel like I'm definitely aware of, of heaven and of the open heavens when, when I lead worship. Yeah. Yeah. And so I was wondering, how do you have experiences of heaven or have you had encounters of heaven? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, definitely. And I would say probably all, if not most, of my experiences with heaven and encounters with heaven have been during worship and in just my, you know, private times with the Lord. And, um, for me, you know, it's just, I love the songs and, and, you know, we talked a little bit about songwriting and how important it is. And when it comes down to it, the most important thing for me in the moment as a worship leader is to help people connect with Jesus and to partner with Holy Spirit in whatever it is He wants to do in that moment of anointing. It's not about uh, how we look on a stage. It's not about any of those things, but it's just simply about encountering Him. And I really believe that it's not meant to be a routine. It's not meant to be just, you know— we sing a few songs on Sunday morning before the pastor speaks, and then we go about our day. Like, I really believe that every single time we come into worship, that we should be encountering Him, and we should have our lives change. Because if we're encountering Jesus, how could we stay the same? Right. You know, how could we, how could our lives not be changed? And um, and I I love to say that I'm a work in progress, and so I fully expect that I'm going to 
encounter him and be changed and learn something and grow. And that's what I want for people. And that's what I chase down in, in worship. And I'm, I'm pretty unrelent, unrelentless <laughs> with it. You know, I will run hard after the presence of God and really jump in until, until I find it, till I find like that, that goal, that moment of anointing, that thing, whatever it is, the breakthrough that God wants to do in that moment, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's very apparent. And I've been wanting to ask you that question, you know, because it's just been so powerful. Maybe other people have felt it as well. And that is great because it's, it sounds like this is coming out of life experience. It's a season. Mm-hmm. It's being able to read what's going on in any given place, right? It's, it's, it's using discernment while you're on the stage. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And just, um, yeah, a lot of sensitivity to to Holy Spirit. And I feel like my relationship and sensitivity to Holy Spirit, all of that really started and was growing off the stage before I was ever leading worship. And it was funny because I felt like God had said, um, Kim, I really want you to learn to hear my voice and to follow me. And I felt like he took me through a really intense season of training myself to be really in tune with Holy Spirit. And I never imagined that it was for worship. I knew I could sing, but I I wasn't on the worship team when this happened. And I, I never thought that this is what I'd be doing with my life. I just was, again, my focus was on him and I was following him and he led me into that season. And now I look back and I'm like, wow, that was that was what was necessary for me to be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah, that's the message I'm hearing. You know, you you guys as a band did this personally, and that helped bring the what you're doing publicly as well. And yeah. So, yeah, speaking of public, what's going on uh, tours and albums and things right now? Psalm writing? Yeah, so right now, as we're speaking, it is a Wednesday, and tomorrow, Thursday, starts our Encounter Conference, um, where we will be recording our next album live, of course, like we said, and um, we're, I'm really excited about it. We've worked really hard on the songs, and I'm really excited to see what God does, especially be, as we said earlier that we just feel like God is really breathing on the movement in a new way, so I, I can't wait to see just exactly what Holy Spirit does in each of the nights for the recording. It's going to be really incredible. And then I, I'm, I'm in a season right now where I'm home for a while because I am working on a book. I'm writing a book right now and really excited about that. It's just my story. And then in April, I will be going out on tour with Chris Tomlin and a few other people just April and May. And, um, yeah, we've got a few tours after that throughout the year, kind of sprinkled through. I'll do another solo tour in July for On My Side record, um, Jesus Culture Tour in October. So we got we got a, a fun and busy year coming up. Yeah, and I don't know if I sent you this, but I knew you were supposed to write a book. And I, I thought I'd given you a word about that. Yes, you did. I, I just thought about that as I said it out loud. I was trying to think when that was. You, you last year sent sometime. me a message. Yeah, last year and told me. And I think you said specifically, people need to hear your story. And and that is <laughs> that is what I'm writing. Yeah. That is the book I'm working wow, on right that's now. so powerful. So. I just want to encourage people out there listening. You know, God can speak to you. You can have a dream. He can divinely interrupt you. But it all comes back down to this, and that is 
his presence and yeah. going after his heart. And I tell you, Kim and and Jesus Culture and the people that they travel with in their church, they have this. It's it's so powerful. They walk with it. Uh, maybe you could just release that. Pray for people. Pray for us right now and, and release that over us. Yeah. Oh, Father, thank you so much for every person, every heart that is listening right now. And God, I ask that your presence would just fully surround them right now, that they would feel you and hear you and see you. Lord, anything that's been um, standing in the way, blocking their ears, blocking their sight, um, Lord, that you would just clear away all of those things, clear away all distraction right now. And I thank you, Jesus, that you you made a way for us to do this. You made a way for us to come and to connect with you face-to-face, worship you, to live, to dwell in your presence on a consistent basis. God, I ask that um, you would just come and just turn our hearts towards you for deeper and greater intimacy, that there would be just such a, a hunger that would be birthed inside of us right now, Lord, that we would just literally feel such a hunger for your presence, for more intimacy with you, that we would not be satisfied with where we are or where we've been, that we would just pick ourselves up no matter what season we're in, no matter what's going on, and that we would contend for more, that we would reach for more, that even even a simple yes is enough for you, just to say yes to you, yes, come and meet me right where I am, that that is enough for you to come and move mountains in our lives, God. So I ask that you just do that right now. Father, and I just release just a, a greater intimacy right now, Father, with for every person listening, Jesus, that there would just be an increase, an increase of intimacy with you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Wow. This is so powerful, Kim. We've been talking with Kim Walker-Smith, singer, anointed singer, songwriter, wife, mother, daughter of the King, and mm-hmm. boy, uh, and friend of the Holy Spirit. Uh, it's just been so powerful. Why don't you tell us how we can get in touch with you, follow you, and anything you have to offer as well? Yeah, um, all of our schedule, everything, you know, where we're going to be is all at JesusCulture.com. It's all up on the website. And um, I'm on Instagram, Kim Walker Smith, Twitter, Kim Walker Smith, and Facebook, Kim Walker Smith. Very easy to do. Hey, everybody, grab hold of that. We're looking forward to the book. I, I mean, I remember this last year. Is the Lord? There was I had gotten two words for you. One of them was about a move, and I knew it wasn't a physical mm-hmm. move. And now I'm realizing what it was because I had sent this word. The first word I sent you was about a move, and now I'm mm-hmm. realizing it's the move back into the into the movement. Yeah, uh, that was <laughs> yeah. I was getting the word move and its movement, and the movement was coming back. And the the other thing about the book, so we're going to be excited to, to to hear the book and and catch. Kim and Jesus Culture on the web. I see some of her Facebook lives, and it's always cool to see that as well. And uh, mm-hmm. we're just so grateful for you. Thanks so much for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. All right, everybody. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Spirit Connection with Doug Addison. Connect with him online at DougAddison.com.